Good day to you all, this is Fran here, doing the intro for this neighbourhood special, I'm counting down the beach, I'm topless because it's hot, and my hair is getting greyer, I hope you're all well, this episode is a Babs area in Belgium versus my area, um, Wessex or like Dorset and Hampshire really, um, it was fun to research for the local artists and I discovered a few that I did not know were from my area. A fun music fact for you guys. Coldplay filmed the video for Yellow nearby on Studland Beach. We spent such a long time discussing our neighbourhoods. We've broken it into two parts. So today will be part one, my neighbourhood. Enjoy. Oh, hang on. Yeah, what are we calling this podcast? <laughs> Was it over underrated? Overunderrated. And welcome to Over Underrated, a new episode. And me and Babs are here to do another podcast about music that we love and music that we may not love as much. And how are you, Babs, today? I am decent, despite um, a fight breaking out between police on horseback and some people in my local woods, which was the most exciting thing that happened to me today. Lockdown 2 continues here in Belgium, and I am just about surviving and looking forward to the Easter break that's coming up. And I know that you've been on holiday already, Fran. How is holiday in lockdown? I am loving it. So tanned, enjoying (laughs) the, the British summertime. Um, coming down uh yeah it's been slow I think I can technically have a picnic I have not had a picnic but I've been walking around and had a couple of takeaway coffees so check me out guys living the wildlife I think I've been vaccinated for two weeks now so I I can have extra protection you feel like a superhero I I do (laughs) and yeah and I was was saying to Babs before we press record I believe there's a superhero Netflix tv show being filmed locally and locally guys is what we're going to be talking about this podcast segway segway thank you very much we are doing my neighbourhood, and when I say my neighbourhood, I mean two counties, Dorset and Hampshire, versus Babs' neighbourhood, which is... An entire country of Belgium. <laughs> See, tech has an advantage here, guys, but it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. And I have chosen 10 artists from my area. She has chosen 10 artists from her area. We're going to discuss them and see who is living in the best region. Indeed, this is a special episode. So this is mostly bands that we love, although it's limited to a certain region. I do think that I have a slight advantage over Fran because I have a whole country, even though I only live in the one city of Brussels. But let's see how we go. I will start with Greg Lake. Indeed, of Emerson, Lake and Palmer. You know him. I literally had no idea if you knew who he would be. I didn't know him until I clicked and I was like, oh, the Lake of Emerson, Lake and Palmer. <laughs> that makes sense. Uh, and actually, it made sense in the context of this song. But yeah, go for it. So I'm not going to lie, guys. I had no idea that he was from my area until a week ago. Me either. <laughs> oh, researching for this. Was that when you yeah, found yeah, out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So obviously, um, I don't live in city um dorset is kind of rural hampton's a bit more 
got a few more bigger towns, but I kind of kept it like in a 50 mile radius of myself to make it slightly more harder. And Greg Lake is from Wimborne, which is a small town just outside Bournemouth. And yeah, it's probably got 10,000 people live there. And it turns out that Greg Lake from Emerson Lake and Palmer was from Wimborne and he um, joined King Crimson. Do you know that band? Mm-hmm, I do. And he rendered an album with them before jumping ship and joining the supergroup of Emerson Lake and Palmer. And then he went solo and he did a couple of big hitters. But this is the song that I knew because obviously, if you live in the UK and it's Christmas, you're going to hear a song every day. I lived in the UK for 13 years of my life. I have been there at Christmas. I have been besieged by the Christmas music, but I had never heard this song before. Crazy. I mean, I did work in a, in a record store and retail team lent itself to the now Christmas. But yeah, this is like, this was like a top two single, I think, for him. And has a lot of plays uh, as well. Like it seems to be the biggest song of his from, from Spotify. So I guess it's difficult for you to be objective about this song because... You've heard it a lot since you were a kid. I've heard it loads, but and I, I don't hate it. it it's not mm. it's not annoying pop. It's kind of got a bit more to it. And I think the main riff is traditional. I don't think if you say there. so. I have I think, no idea. I, think, I got a feeling it's like some sort of like old school um, um, classical riff. But yeah. Are you a fan of I Believe in Father Christmas? Yes, I surprisingly was. I was surprised that you didn't include an Emerson, Lake and Palmer song or a King, King Crimson song, but I guess you were keeping it pure, keeping it local. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, you know, I know him from Emerson, Lake and Palmer. I really rediscovered them actually quite recently because um, uh, because of the song Lucky Man, which is just, it's a brilliant song and... Uh, I'd kind of forgotten about it and I've been listening to it kind of on repeat since then and watching YouTube reaction videos to people watching it as well. That's how deep I got into, into that song. So when it started and I, you know, I had the acoustic guitars, I was like, Ooh, a bit worried, but actually like he is a great guitar player, lovely harmonies, like with the LP. And I really like how there are other sounds coming through to make it more than your average Christmas song. You know, there's um, a harpsichord at the beginning, there's sort of traditional orchestral percussion since, you know, it's, it's a Christmas song, but weird, which is what you would expect from someone like him. And, and yeah, I really enjoyed it. And I added it to two of my playlists. I added it to Bar Humbug, which is my sort of alternative Christmas playlist and to a playlist that I created and have become obsessed with recently called good and weird 60s and 70s music um so yeah absolute winner from me because I, I knew that you hated christmas songs so i thought oh yeah. this is not going to be a good spot. i thought you were trolling me to be honest at the beginning i was like he's opened with a fucking christmas song unbelievable yeah i'm, uh, I'm surprised yeah i thought this is like one of the standard christmas songs you always hear no, so. i had I, I had not heard it before. maybe that's why you liked it because you, exactly. you haven't heard it What's your second pick, Fran? My second pick, and probably the most well-known of my picks, is the Mercury Prize winner, PJ Harvey, from Bridport in Dorset. I still think she still lives there. Oh, really? Yeah, I think she recorded one of her albums in a church nearby. Like she keeps cool. it real, old PJ. Have you she seen pro- her around? I've never, I've never seen her life. I'm not, not around. I, I, no, I've never seen her hanging out. I think she probably goes to like Dorchester, probably the nearest town. But um, yeah, like she's probably the coolest person from Dorset I know. 
she hangs out with like Nick Cave and Josh Home. You can't do better than that. Yeah. And yeah. this album to me is her best album. I guess it's probably her most rocky album, I guess, is it really? No. No? <laughs> really? No. Dry and rid of me, her most rocky album, yeah. surely. Like this this has a bit more of a yeah, so I was well, yeah, I don't know if you want to finish talking about the song, but I was I was surprised of all her songs. This is the one you picked, but yeah, carry on. I think like this was the first song that I, I remember seeing on MTV. Yes, MTV. Mm. That's how old it was. So yeah, so I know the PJ Harvey with her video of her in a, in a white suit. Yeah, and like it was she was an instant rock star. She was like you know down down the camera. This is love. This is love. And I thought, oh, who is this? And I was absolutely shocked to find out that she was from a small town 15 miles away from my house 15 miles wow okay so yeah and then i found out that like, people have met her she's like a lovely lady she loves dorset so I thought i have to include her surely of course you do like i i would have been surprised if you if you didn't yeah i love pj harvey i only got into her in the last few years i feel like she was always someone who i felt like i should like because she's a rock chick uh and and seemed very like no nonsense and very authentic and and I think I just I the songs I first heard of hers never quite clicked with me so this might have been one of them or actually Good Fortune from the same album which I now do like but I can I can imagine hearing that when I was younger and sort of you know being like oh this is a bit repetitive then I think at some point I heard Raid of Me and I was like aha okay this is the the PJ Harvey that I like so yeah I really like her first two albums a lot and in fact have just done a podcast talking about Dry, her debut album, in great detail. It was really interesting. I don't think I've ever analyzed an album in that detail before because it like it's very symbolic and and stuff. And we really went into the lyrics and <laughs> I read academic articles. I'd signed up to JSTOR to read academic articles about it because I was just like, I don't understand what this is. I need to go and read it. But I do quite like Stories from the City, Stories from the Sea as well. It feels very of its time. She looks very of its time you know she's got like the straightened hair and sort of I don't know scoop neck tops and and stuff like that but this is I would say a more middling song of her so it it is one that I like but it isn't one of my favorites I think she's there's a great sort of driving rhythm guitar and you've got the lead guitar being a bit more wistful which makes sense when you when you sort of look at the lyrics because it's basically about lust and desire as as so many of her songs you know she says i can't believe that life's so complex when i just want to sit here and watch you undress you're the only story that i never told you're my dirty little secret want to keep you so so i feel like what she's playing definitely matches the mood but maybe because the chorus is so repetitive i'm like i feel that there are better songs even on this album i i feel that this is the only song I'd hear on, on a radio station. Mm. I feel like this is her, probably her pop song, if, if, if you can call it a pop song. Um, and I remember when the album came out, this was the one I'd see her perform the most. So that's probably why I thought of it. Like, And I thought Peter Harvey, I thought, okay, what's the best song I can, first thing I can, I can think of for Peter Harvey? And I thought, okay, Mrs. Love. Yeah, she's good at, pick, at um, picking a, a duet. Yes, absolutely. This list of the coolest people in history of rock over the past 30 years she yeah. sung with. Yeah. I think, I think I think I saw her like singing with like Nick Cave before I even saw her perform um, by herself. But um yeah, very good. Yeah, no, I've got like I think I would have rioted if you hadn't put PJ Harvey on <laughs> For a while it's like she was like for to go to Okay, so now this is a, a band who I love, and 
I put it, you are going to hate. But um, we're, uh, pick number three is from Southampton, just down the road. Delays, not the delays, just delays. And they were an indie pop band who've been together since the early noughties and then released their debut, I believe, in 2003 and had a big hit with Long Time Coming, A Long yeah. Time Coming. And that's when I discovered them. And then when I found out about local and I had a few music fans in Southampton let me know that they always do a Christmas show every year in oh, nice. a different venue in Southampton. And I have been to maybe seven of those. Wow. Where they literally have like, you know, all the lights, people dress up. It's like everyone's like, you know, just happy and jumping around to, to the delays. And then, yeah, then delays, you know, the second album I thought was amazing, but for some reason it didn't do as well as a debut. Like a lot of these mid noughties indie bands, their career kind of like sparkled and slowly fizzled out. Um, but I personally thought they still created decent music. And I've chosen a B-side. Mm. So I've chosen Panic Attacks, which is on, the, I, I believe, is it Love Visible uh, EP? Yeah, Love Made Visible EP. And it's the first song where the keyboard player, Aaron, sings, uses it his brother, Greg. Mm-hmm. And it's about his anxiety. And it's like, I think it's a glorious pop song inspired by like New Order, sort of like keeps keys to it. And then Greg comes in for the chorus and I love the harmonies. And I love how it ends up with like the drums getting louder and louder and louder and, and builds up. They play live all the time. I have no idea how it did not make an album. Um, right. Yeah, so Panic Attacks by Delays. What do you think? So I've written a lot of similar notes to what you've done. I've wrote, So I know Delays. My mum bought Faded Seaside Glamour on CD. Uh, but Long Time Coming was too overplayed. I don't really like that, but I really like Stay Where You Are from, from that album. That's mm-hmm. a very weird weird pop. Uh, so I don't mind a bit of weird pop. So when, when this started, I thought, oh dear, because it felt like the poppier side of New Order. That's that's what I, what I wrote, not as much the edgy. But as the song progressed, I found myself liking it more because it builds and it drives. And as you say, like the... The interplay between the two voices is fantastic. And yeah, the keyboard player, he has such a lush voice. It's its a nice kind of contrast with the sort of gruffer voice of the other singer. Um, and I really like how it speeds up at the end and then it fades out. But when it fades out, it fades out in the same way that the song starts. So it feels mm. like a loop, which I guess like a panic attack, you know, that, that doesn't end. So I, I thought it was, yeah, I was won over by the end. At the beginning, I thought, oh no, you know, I knew delays and I was like, oh, yeah, they can be a bit too poppy for my tastes. And when it started, I, was, I thought like, oh, gosh, no, this is going to be another one. Um, but no, I, I I liked it. They're one of those frustrating bands that like have never found the right producer because live they sound so much different to their CD version. Like they're oh, quite, okay. especially the first album, it's very like, you know, 60s pop you know, there's, there's no distortion and it's all quite, you know, beautiful high notes and everything. And live, they are a lot more rockier. Greg has his voice is lower, and you know, I think they definitely sound better live. Um, about sad, and um, do you know about the delays now? Yeah, mm-hmm. and Greg's got yeah terminal mm-hmm. cancer, sadly. Mm-hmm. Um, so will we ever see them again? They were working on the fifth album back in 2012, and I heard a few songs from when they're playing live. 
and that I don't know if they're ever going to bring oh, wow. the album out. <laughs> Nine years in the making. That's yeah, yeah. I mean, I saw them do one of those Christmas shows, and they played two new songs. Mm-hmm. Wow, this sound brilliant. That's like 2013, maybe 2012, mm-hmm. and then obviously. They went quiet for two or three years, and then he found out what's Greg's condition, mm-hmm. and um, yes, yeah, the band that don't exist anymore. And um, but then recently on uh, on Aaron's social media, he he works at Pirate Studio Studios now in okay. the prop department, and he played a delays new demo, and he's dancing around with all his mates. So does that mean? that they may Incoming. have done an album during lockdown finally um, which would be great I, mean, I, I, I don't know how well Greg is for singing or I don't know at all but well yeah great. lots of fish. love to, to Greg because yeah obviously it's uh, it's it's tough but um, and I hope that yeah if they have songs that are recorded that they'll come out soon because uh, what you say it sounds good right yeah and I just think they're a really great indie pop band and I, I, I feel sad that People just write them off as like a one-hit wonder kind of thing, really. Mm-hmm. I don't think they've ever really given much of a chance. There's a lot of bands in that era who sound quite similar. Like the feeling is is who I think of a little bit. I think that's just slightly cooler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's still kind of like... the first album. Yeah, I, I guess. Yeah, yeah, you can see them on Anton Beck's ITV program. It, it yeah. Was that kind of, yeah, and it's 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 the voice as well. Like the you know mm. is a I'm, I say blush. I'm, I'm going with lush. He does sing high, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which We're now going to keep it even more local again, and we're going back to Wimborne, but not as well known. So I used to work in a cinema in Bournemouth, and then I was introduced to three new workmates who were in a band called Brothers in Sound, and they were an actual signed band. <gasps> and then I was like, hey, did you think that he was actually in a band? <laughs> they played at Reading Festival. Oh, wow. I was like, really? And like, yeah, I'm like, Ooh. they're kind of like, uh, remember Bentley River Mace? Bentley yes. River Mace, that sort of era. So that's, that's, you know, sort of like you know, electronic with a few vocals. Uh, they were cool. I think they only made one album. Obviously, they ended up working in the cinema, so <laughs> they went back to basics. And then um, I think Ed went back to university to learn about music four or five years ago. He even appeared on radio, BBC Radio 6. And I was like, what? Wow. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> it's like out, out of nowhere. And like he's been interviewed by Lauren Laverne and he, did, he had a new album out. And then, um, yeah, I know I noticed that he released a new album literally last week. Yes. <laughs> okay. Thought. So when is this from? That was, I was going to ask because it's from this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It came out last week. So I thought, hey, oh. I will big up Ed. And this album's very minimalistic. Mm-hmm. And this song... Is my favorite because it's it's very much like early 80s omd just simple keyboard riffs and you know just a, a nice sort of like melody over the top so what, what did you think yeah I, I wrote never heard of him because i had heard of most of the people on this list um but he was one that i hadn't so that's that's quite a fun story so you, you used to actually work with him at the cinema yeah yeah that's, yeah. that's really ed, funny ed dowry we used to discuss talk talk but i, I asked oh. him about this and he has no memory about whatsoever but uh, there we go <laughs> Yeah, I I really like this. I put strong synth opening, and I actually put Depeche Mode Erasure as uh, as my go to. Just the keyboards by themselves, not the mm. not the whole sound. When his voice came in, it's it was such a contrast to the strong synth sound. I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm gonna like this, but I did get used to it. Like I I thought it was quite floaty, and then you know as the song goes on, 
he's sort of harmonizing with himself and I quite like it. And he, he has, um, and actually, I feel like a lot of the artists on this list, you can really hear that accent, like the Southern English accent coming through. A lot of British bands, they sound a bit American, don't they? But a mm. lot of a lot of people on here really sound quite English and and he was one of them. I really enjoyed the lyrics of the song. Don't take any of the advice proffered to you when it comes with a knife. I renounce the light and hide while an orchestra begins to surmise. I'm like, this is fucking poetry. It ended quite abruptly and it didn't make as much of an impact on me as, as some of the other songs. So strong, strong opening, but yeah, I, I, I wasn't such a fan of this one. Sorry, sorry, Ed, but... I would, because of the lyrics especially, I think I would go and listen to more of his music. Yeah, I, th- I think that like, I had to include him. And I thought, I know that you're a synth fan, so I thought I'll go down that route. I mean, the other songs on the album do sound quite different, so it'd be interesting, oh, okay. to, it'd be All interesting right. to, to find out what you think of his other stuff, really. Yeah, So moving on to, I think, probably the biggest artist after PJ. Yeah, who I hadn't heard of, actually. It's a, sh- a shock because, so we have Birdie from Limington. This is near the New Forest. And I knew that she was like 16 or 17. And she became massive for covering Bon Iver's Skinny Love, which I believe, Babs, mm-hmm. went to number one in Belgium. Oh, did it? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> When was when? it? <laughs> I've only lived here since 2013. Was it? Was no. it, then? <laughs> like... it was 2016. No, I think it was like 20, 2011. Yeah. I, yeah. And also her album went the number one in Belgium. So, oh, wow. The Belgians love her. But also, I, I, I think it turns out that she's also part Belgian as well. Yes, she has. I saw she has a Dutch sounding surname. So I did wonder if. Uh... If she, if if that was the connection there, because, yeah, I think her I mean, dad's got yeah, her dad's got, um, I think half uh, half Belgium, so right, yeah. So you know, just thinking it there, yeah. And I, and I had to try and shoot and thought she does a lot of covers. She's that she's like for the, if you want like a a slow down piano ballad, she's the artist they seem to go to mm-hmm. for a lot of films as well and TV shows seem to have her covering other people's songs. But I went for one of her own songs and um, yeah, I went for. Uh, yeah, um, is it keeping your heart from beautiful lies? Oh no, I've got keeping your head up. Keeping your head up. Yep, <laughs> my internet's slow. <laughs> <laughs> right. So yeah, yeah keeping it, yeah, keeping it, yeah, keeping it high, keeping your head up. And I thought it's her most confident sounding because it's got a full band. It's not just her singing beautifully with a piano. And I kind of thought it was her being Florence the Machine. Okay, so when when the song came on, I thought, right, this really sounds like modern pop, but I didn't think of it in a good way. I I thought of it as in like, oh, it's aping the sound of the late noughties. And then I saw it was 2016. So I was like, okay, I'm being unfair. Uh, you know, th- this is again, like a song of its time. It sounded incredibly familiar, but I hadn't heard it before. However, I do listen to Belgian radio sometimes. So if, you know, if she is big in Belgium and there is that Belgian connection, it's not out of this world that I might have heard this song before on the radio and just not really clicked with it. I found it difficult to listen to it with some objectivity because I, I just felt like, oh, this is this is a song where if someone was like, what did pop sound like in the late 10s? This, this would be it. It is quite epic. And I think it would be a perfect song for like a sports montage or a film. 
but even having said that I listened to it again and by the end of the second listen I was singing along to it so it is it is very catchy I think if I was you know with friends in a club or something I could see myself singing and dancing along to it and enjoying it but yeah it was a weird one because I I felt like I heard it before but I hadn't very strange but that's the the best uh songwriting isn't it when you can make a song instantly like oh hang on this is one I know it's it's Um, an earworm definitely yeah yeah I think Wings is probably one of our other biggest um songs I know but this like was the most up tempo and I yeah I kind of like that she's like she now felt like a confident woman and she can now do these epic big pop songs yeah yeah she was she was a huge 20 when this was released (laughs) (laughs) I think she's got her third album or fourth albums out this year so ah Fran these youngins these youngins and their talent and here we are four albums Then moving on to another big hitter, I think, mm. um, from Winchester. Frank... Oh, is that is that local again? Yeah, no, no idea with UK geography. No idea. Yeah. <laughs> this is the furthest away, but we're talking a forty-minute drive. Okay. If, if, well, if I drive to, to, to London, this is the first um, town I, I or city technically I drive by. And okay. Winchester used to be the capital of Wessex. Was used to be kind of England, so it's got a lot of history behind Winchester. Winchester sounds lovely. Every time I read about Winchester, it just sounds like this lovely market town that I would not want to live in because it sounds a bit too stuck in the past but i would love to visit for a day <laughs> i think it was voted the best place to live in in, in england recently oh, recently okay it's interesting made, well epsom where i grew up uh as a as a kid what, what also had that honor in i think the mid noughties but then it became too expensive and dropped off of the list well yeah i mean winchester now because of that we're now double the house prices because it's, yeah. I think, like it's, it's one of those um places where it's the commuters perfect and it's, yeah. it's like an hour like train drive well. yeah so yeah. you know and it's 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 very airy fairy it's got the round table there which doesn't make sense because it's pretty much fiction but you can enjoy yourself when just when just to realize i could pretend i'm not so long. that sounds good yeah <laughs> so people go and visit the round table in the same way i, I would i would be one of those people for sure in the same way people visit baker street as if it's a, a real the Sherlock Holmes house Mm-hmm. So Frank Turner was in a, a post-hardcore band called Million Dead, did one album, he then left, I believe he, he listened to his um, Nebraska, yeah, and it changed it and it sort of changed oh, how Jesus. he wanted to approach music, so he then got out his acoustic guitar, oh, and, then, <laughs> and then, yeah, then he started to do that sort of like anti-folk scene that came popular like 2008, and then since then, he's kind of like moved on from the antifolk. He's now become, he, he basically does rock songs now, doesn't he, really? He, he's, does he? It's okay. So, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know him very well. Yeah. Oh, I, I, thought you, I thought you'd be on board, Frank Turner. Yeah. So, yeah, he was very, he's, he's quite an outspoken guy. He's got, he's got a lot of opinions. People love his lyrics. And then, yeah, then slowly um, he became, you know, a ramshackle singer-songwriter. And now he's got like a full band. He, he did like a, a Wembley Arena gig. With like Scuba's Pip and Billy Bragg supported him. Oh like, wow! I yeah, didn't know yeah, that. That, he, they supported he, him. Wow! Yeah, that's... yeah, yeah. Like, like he's one of those artists that people like just became obsessed with. Yes. And he, so, like, you wouldn't think he he could sell at Wembley Arena, but he's the sort of person that all his fans went to that one gig. 
You know, like you either love Frank Turner or you don't like he's one of those sort of artists, like he's everyone's really passionate about Frank Turner. So much so that there's a band that I like called Arkells from Canada and they supported Frank Turner. And then when I saw Arkells do their first lot um tour headlining, it was mainly Frank Turner fans mm. because they saw because of, oh they're friends of Frank Turner, so therefore we can like them too. <laughs> you know, that's how loyal of the fan base of Frank Turner is. And like he always does a lot of benefit gigs for local venues. Um, in Southampton um, and Winchester and Portsmouth because he's always wanting to support, um, you know, for the, the local industry. So I think he, I think he's a, a really great guy. I'm not the biggest fan of Frank Turner. I don't own any of his albums, but I have interviewed interviewed him and he's done some pieces with me. He's very, very friendly. He's very open. And when I was thinking of what songs, I thought, okay, this is probably his most instant track. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, some people who are big Frank Turner fans will not like the song because it's a bit too poppy. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and I believe he was also the first person to perform at the 2012 Olympic ceremony. Oh, right. Okay. Then I, I totally erased him from my mind because I did watch that ceremony. Um, so, yeah, I have basically discounted Frank Turner because I thought he was a bit too acoustic y. I think, and let me check with her before this goes out. I think Kate, our previous podcast guest, is a huge fan. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like everything I know about Frank Turner has been her posting on Facebook potentially. Um, but whenever I did hear, I was like, well, this is this is clearly not for me. When this song started, I thought, oh, hang on, maybe I've misjudged him. Like it's very heartfelt and um like I, I really liked his voice. And again, it sounds very authentic, but this one was almost the opposite. It's like, as it went on, I I didn't really like it. I, it went a bit country, a bit Americana, and it's not really, it's not really my thing. I hadn't realized that he was a singer in Million Dead and I quite like Million Dead. So uh, like uh, after that, I was like, all right, let me go and listen to it. And I, so I went to listen to Breaking the Back where he goes, he, he, he really has an incredible voice. Like he goes through the whole range of emotions because he's like screaming in that one as well. And I was like, ah, yeah, that's why I was saying, damn you, Bruce Springsteen, because I, I mean, I, unlike you, Fran, I do quite like a political singer. You know, it, singers don't have to be political or like very open for me to like them. But yeah, it's it's nice, especially when you when you feel like you can identify with what people are talking about. But yeah, I much prefer shouty, <laughs> like difficult to understand Frank Turner than, than this one. He does now try and mix three Frank Turner's. So on, on an album, he will have the, uh, you know, the acoustic protest song. He will then have like the Rocky Pop song and he'll then have a bit more like sh- grunting, shouty Frank Turner. So I think he's trying to please mm. his rainbow of fans. Um, his last or, or just, was, you know, blending genres, right? Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. I mean, his last album was really poppy. I mean, he even did dance routines in the, in the music video. Wow. <laughs> so, you know, why not? You, know, <laughs> you know, who needs TikTok <laughs> when you've got Frank Turner's uh, videos? But yeah. Yeah. I, I I think maybe no. Um, check out you know, check out a Spotify playlist and see if if anything Ever else. Underrated. Okay, so Band of Skulls were a band that I was introduced by some music friends in Southampton, and they were like a band that everyone knew were on the rise. So everyone kept saying, come and see them play like to a hundred people because next year they'd be playing to you know, arenas. And yeah, it's just like three guys who are doing like garage rock, but they've got male, female vocals, which is a nice blend. 
I mean, you don't really get that with like the white stripes and and the black key. So I was kind of like that. They had um, some decent riffs. They look great. And yeah, and I, I I heard them all live before I heard the album again. They're a better live band than you hear on the album, I think. I don't know why that is. So I went for the debut album with a track called Fires, just because I love the vocals and I love how it sort of like eases down and the riff is like, and it, I think the riff is, is fantastic, but I think it could be, if this album had a better producer or or better production, I think it could have had a, a that riff could have been glorious, but you know, early days, one of early days, and they've made maybe four albums since then. I think the drummer's left and they're still going and they still support um, local talent. When um, Greg's from for Delays had a charity gig, they were straight on the bill to support Greg. So, yeah, great guys. That sounds lovely, <laughs> but unfortunately, I think this is the first, this is our first point, point of conflict, um, I have to say. So, we talked about Band of Skulls in our Brighton episode. And yeah, you told me that, you know, I would probably like them and I should go off and listen to them. And I did a bit more and I added one of their other songs, Friends, to, to my playlist, which is from the Twilight soundtrack. With this song, when it started, I was like, again, promising start. We've got guitar, you've got the drums that build. Then when it slowed down, I thought, no, what happened? Like, I felt like all the momentum was lost. Um, I really felt the lack of a bass, which is actually, as much as I am a bass player and I love a bass, a lot of people complain about that in two pieces like white stripes and and other mm. and other people normally that doesn't bother me here it did bother me and normally i love a male female harmony but it sounded very i wrote syrupy um i didn't i didn't really like it unfortunately <laughs> it just it didn't really click with with me i think the beginning was so promising and i tried and I, I listened to it again to see if if i would change but I love the beginning so much that the rest of the song, I feel like it didn't come back. And the, the difference between the beginning and then the, the verses was, was too big for me. I'm sorry, Fran. Do you think that if they re-recorded it, I mean, Rocky, you'd enjoy it? Because it's a Maybe. great riff for down, down, down. A lot of riff is uh, pretty... I mean, again, is it because I saw them do this live yeah. a lot more before I, I heard it on the album? And yeah, so how, of, of the 10, because I know with mine, of the 10 artists that you've got here, how many have you seen live? Um, let's have a quick look. I have not seen Greg. I've not seen PJ. I've seen Delays. I've not seen Birdie. I've seen Frank. I've seen Art Brute. I've seen Bounce Girls. I've not seen Claxons, who are going to... And I've oh, seen Betica. So, yeah. Okay. So, what's that? Six out of ten. Okay. Interesting. Because, yeah, I think very often that can change your, your view on a band. And I'm sure, actually, that live it would be very good if they are only a two or a three piece because it mm. would be quite atmospheric. But, yeah, it really... I really feel I have a bit of a block on Band of Skulls because, you know, as we as we know, I've got some very random songs of theirs saved on my Spotify playlist that I don't really know how I came across. It must have been on a on a playlist or somewhere, and just it doesn't it doesn't quite click with me. But this I, is I, this is their lightest song. Mm-hmm. I think you you like the heavier stuff, maybe. Uh, yeah, I, but not not always. I mean, I guess just like with you know, you don't like something automatically because it's melodic. I also mm. don't like something automatically because it's heavy. I have listened to some of the heavier stuff, but it there's there's better heavier stuff out there. I found I found than Band of Skulls. So sorry, guys. No, <laughs> if I you think, have a lot I of fans, you're fine. They haven't made a killer album yet. Like I, I tend okay. to like five or six songs per album. Mm. Um, it's just enough for seeing them live because obviously you know mm. they play the best songs for this album. But yeah, they haven't made their mega piece if, if they're ever going to make that master mega piece <laughs> their masterpiece or in a neck wall maybe they can call it mega piece mm. um they haven't, they haven't made their masterpiece yet Over
Art Brute. Yes. With lead singer Eddie Argos, not his real name. For anyone out there who's not heard of Argos, Google it. And then you'll find out why, <laughs> why that's not his real name. So yeah, so Art Brute um, came from an ashes of many, many bands that Eddie and his friends had been in. Um, like most of the bands on my list, they had to move to London to get noticed um, because there's no A&R man by the beach, sadly. Only you. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, yeah, Eddie found some like-minded friends. He brought back his mates to play guitar. They then became Art Brute. And he thought, hey, why should I even try and sing when I can just chat? And they had their very distinct... Like, when I first heard Art Brute, I fucking hated him because, you know, it takes a while to get used to a guy talking over a track. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking Jarvis. We're talking a guy just talking. <laughs> Absolutely. And, yeah. And we found that you know, we formed a band, became a breakthrough single. And then by the second album, they kind of got a few more like, like decent catchy tracks, like direct hit. And um, they then sort of petered out. And then luckily for me, two years ago, I think this is, they came back with a new album and I have Wham, Bang, Pow. Let's rock out. Yeah, and it's a fantastic rock track about loving a party. What do you think? Loved it. Loved it so much. Um, I think we've talked about Outbrook briefly, that I was meant to see them supporting the subways before Corona hit. Um, yeah, both of us exactly. Um, and I think yeah, I talked about how my friend Mark, who designed the logo for the podcast, he'd always tried to get me into them, but it, it had never really clicked. This is the gateway into them, absolutely. Like, I, I, I like we formed a band and a few other stuff, but this was fantastic. It is under three minutes. There is so much going on. You've got angular guitars on the verses. You've got a like a sort of heavier driving chorus. The bass and vocals and the breakdown later on are fantastic as well. And the lyrics just made me feel pre-corona nostalgia so much (laughs) because he's saying, I'm just looking for a party. I don't care what music they play. Beer bottle lids used as ashtrays will make some enemies in the kitchen. And then later on, he even says like, your girlfriends, we're going to steal them, leave footprints on the ceiling. And then there's like a, what a feeling harmony after they say that. I want to wake up smelling like smoke under a pile of strangers coats yes take me there i want to <laughs> i want to wake up smelling like smoke under a pile of strangers coats and that is not a sentence i would have said recently at all so yeah really good choice i think this was my easily my favorite on the list i mean yeah he's he's, he's a brilliant guy he's he's our local jarvis like, like mm. for the, the lyrics alone like he, no, he he's, he's got away with words and he does he does he speaks to my directly generation. yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah and and surprisingly, people sort of like dismissed it. I was like, oh, it's the guy who talks. But the actual band, like brilliant fucking um, riffs. And like you said, you know, that was got guitars everywhere. It's got the little like triddly bits as well underneath it. And live, the sensational. And yeah, and hopefully, has it been rescheduled at Subways? I haven't heard anything, but I have heard Subways promoting their new album. So I don't, I don't know. So, yeah, so hopefully in, in the UK at least. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I get to see, That's okay because yeah. we, we've got a lot of good Belgian bands as we're going to come to <laughs> later. <laughs> but yeah, and um, the one time I saw Uproot, it was actually a homecoming gig in Port, and he played mm-hmm. like a, he played literally a mile from where I am now, and it was a sweaty, 
beautiful mess with him getting his, his top off and singing in the crowd. Sadly, oh. he's, on a, he's been on a lot of podcasts recently and, and he has been slagging off Paul a little bit. But, oh. you know, he, he now lives in Berlin, you know, how it is. Yeah, I mean, Berlin is very cool, right? So, <laughs> fair enough. So hopefully I'll get to see So, um, yeah, Claxton's guys, New Wave, remember 2005 or 2006? Oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Jamie Reynolds, the bassist okay. and singer, is from Christchurch, which is around here. Not he, was New also, he was also friends with Eddie Argos, oh. also friends with Matt Tong from Block Party. Really? Yeah, we have random. Is, is Matt Tong from Block Party from? From yeah, he used to serve. And he didn't put Block Party on here. <laughs> oh, because I, I had to be sure, right? So Jamie and, and Eddie sing. I think okay. to be counts, you got to be the singer. Oh, but Matt Tong is such. He's one of my favorite drummers. I didn't. He, well, yeah, but I don't think a drummer can count. Well, I mean, oh, obviously, oh, don't write. And he's, he's no longer in the band either. So yeah, yeah, yeah. True, true, true. So Matt used to used to work in Pizza Hut, and I'd been served by Matt Tong back in the day. Just. I mean, other other mentions I could have had. Alex James from Blur. Yes. He's only the bassist. I, I thought you've got to be the singer to count. And um, obviously Richard Oakes is the guitar player in Suede from Paul as well. Oh, I didn't know that. Who was at the Art Root gig. Oh, okay. Lovely. <laughs> so Paul Massive and us. Yeah, yeah. So for, for, for some bizarre reason, like, yeah, in the mid-noughties, we had loads of like indie darlings. Mm. From, from the same uh, indie clubs. Um, and, anyway, yes. And yeah, just to briefly, you know, you talked about New Rave in 2005. I think I, I must have shared it with you as well, that Vice article about New Rave, which came out recently, the oral history, which again was very nostalgic. So yes, the Claxons were kind of the leading lights of that scene. Yeah. Um, you know, mixing 90s rave with modern indie. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, it's fine. Like I like a couple of Claxton singles with the first album. I thought it was kind of a scene that was pushed a bit too hard, but had nothing much behind it. Yeah, then Claxton's were massive for like, you know, one year. And then I heard that they made an album. They took it to Polydor. Polydor said, no, thank you. And I had to, make, to redo it because it's too experimental. And then it changed producers and then made... Surfing the Void. Yeah, and then this was their, their big comeback single, um, Echoes, I think Zane Logue called it like this the, the best single in the world today it's <laughs> in that tone well, yeah and, and it was a different step it, this isn't new way this is just pure indie isn't it basically with, with a nice piano riff um it was very like in your face it's got you know mega productions had a mega video um i like it but there's something i don't know it's just, it just feels a bit heartless it feels like these are f- some guys who've been asked to make a hit Mm. and so I've always I enjoy it but there's something about it that feels a bit artificial like this isn't the actual music like they've been asked to record a hit so what do you think so I'm a huge Claxons fan of their first album because I was at university when when it came out and for me I 100% associate New Rave with with that time I've seen them live in 2008 in Rock Verpta that was the year after their debut album came out I'm a huge fan of their of their debut album when Surfing the Void came out, which is, by the way, the best album cover of all time in history. It's a cat who's an astronaut. Just Google it. You're welcome. Um, I was really disappointed. I was really, really, really disappointed. So when I saw that you put Echoes, I was like, really? From that second album? Really, Fran, you've chosen this? I'm very surprised. But 
I have to say, I on re-listening, I actually enjoyed it. Um, I think this song was overplayed because there was a bit of a gap, three years between the first and the and the second album. And I think as a big fan, I had been waiting for that second album, waiting, waiting, waiting. And then this song came out, I didn't like it. And then it was overplayed. Now I actually think, you know, you were, you were saying that it doesn't sound new rave. It sounds like something else. To me, actually, it it does sound fairly Claxons, I thought. I thought there were a lot of similarities with, with the stuff from the first album. And I started listening to Surfing the Void, the album, and I was like, gosh, no, this is good. So thank you, Fran, for picking this. At the beginning, I was like, oh, of all the songs, why did Fran go for this one? But it really, it's really made me reconsider that second album. I, for some reason, thought about the second album had terrible reviews because it didn't do well. I mean, they got dropped. But mm-hmm. looking back, it didn't have bad reviews either. So don't, like, I honestly can't remember the second album apart from this one song so yeah. why was it why was it a flop you know i i think like you say the scene was very short short-lived the the new rave scene i as a claxons fan waiting for this i felt like this didn't sound like them i felt like they'd shifted they'd shifted their sound in another direction i didn't like it and maybe you know i wasn't the only one and if their fan base felt like that, then their fan base didn't accompany them. They were doing this kind of music, you know, turn of the of the decade when things are moving on a little bit. Maybe if it had come out a bit sooner, like 2008, 2009, it would have been bigger. I mean, it'd be interesting to know what the scrapped album would have sounded like. Yeah, definitely. Um, the third album I've never heard, is that any good? I have not heard the third album because I was so <laughs> disappointed. But yeah, I was I was just looking on Spotify and I was like, okay, one thing at a time. I will start with Surfing the Void, which, yeah, it's, it, you know, I have it on CD. And like I said, it is the best album cover of all time. But I've, I've always been like, oh, is it one that I should sell? Because, you know, I don't listen to it. Well, now I'm going to go and listen to it. I've, I've put it to one slide by my CD player to, to go and listen to it. So thank you, Fran. I mean, I've not seen the Claxons live. They were very two, good. But two years ago... I was sat opposite him in the tube. So is that? Oh, what pretty, a claim to play. <laughs> pretty close there, guys. <laughs> they, they were really good. They were, um, so that, you know, I saw them at a festival and um, I feel like they were fairly early on in the day because I guess it was Belgium. So probably they weren't as big in Belgium as they were in, in the UK. And I think reading that Vice article, it sounds like they were on drugs a lot of the time. And I have to say, I don't remember much about the gig apart from it being good, but I, I feel like they were probably a bit high, but quite professional. And they played all the songs that I wanted them to play. And I was happy with that. And um, Love Fox in that Vice article was really fucking critical of NME and really critical of like wanker journalists, basically. And I just, it made me laugh really So, moving on to my final local act, and it's um, an act hopefully you guys can discover. So, but you said on Belgium that this band live, uh, exists, yeah? This band exists in Belgium? So, so it is on Spotify. Um, yeah, yeah, all, all your all your picks were on my on my Spotify. It was the other way around this time, wasn't it, that some of my picks went on your Spotify and we had to go to Amazon. Um, but yeah, this is definitely the most mysterious band that you picked, Fran. I assume you guys at home being music fans, we have mates who are in bands and then you have to, to go along and see them play an awkward open mic and, and clap loads, but secretly they're terrible. And then oh you sort of like see all of the other bands at night who are also pretty terrible, like lots of, you know, awful Bob Dylan covers or, you know, like like crappy skinny jean indie bands who just sound like a terrible version of Oasis. And then 
once upon a time, I then came across this band called Betica. And the fact that they were good and were local meant that when I saw them, it was like watching Pulp. Like, compared to all of the other acts who beforehand, to see them being this great at writing songs, like, for about a year, I saw them maybe 10 times in a year every time. Oh, wow. And they always had, they, they, Betica was eight members as a full band. Like, it had, like, you know, three guitar players, um, a melodica player, like a, like a clarinet player, you know. That the polyphonic had, spree of it the was, yeah. And it, And depending on the size of the venue they're playing, they'd have a smaller version of Betica. Yes, I read about the, the greater Betica and the lesser Betica or something yeah. like that, yeah. You'd have, like, the acoustic versions of just the four of them. So it's always interesting because you never know what Betica you're going to see. Um, I think um, Dave was the main guy behind it. And he just wrote these, like, great pop songs um, the track I've chosen is By Default, which is a, a song about having an STD and, fi- and finding love. And these are like high school teachers in local schools. And like, and he would dance around. He loved it. And like, I, and then for one Christmas gig, um, I did a cover of Arcade Fire Wake Up and mixed into Last Christmas by Wham. And it segues beautifully, guys. And yeah, I, I, I adore them. They had loads of songs that never went anywhere. This is like, is this 2008, I think, this album? 2006. 2008, there you go. And I, I, honestly, I bought, I bought it off them myself for a tenner. Mm. So when I found out it was on Spotify, I was like, they're going on the show. And yeah, yeah it can't be more local than an unsigned <laughs> act from Bournemouth. And yeah, it'd be interesting to know what you think. Did you could you could you tell straight away that they're unsigned? No, I couldn't. It reminded me uh, a bit of Ed Dowie, actually, oh, because okay. because I felt like oh, it's another sort of posh posh man with with great lyrics, uh, and I I did enjoy that. Yeah, what a mysterious band, friend. I was saying before we recorded, I found like a couple of BBC articles about them, like a Dorset article, and it basically said <laughs> it opened with. There's seven of them in the band. They share their name with a singer from Cameroon. And when we asked them to submit a band picture, they sent us a monkey photo. Welcome to the weird and wonderful world of Betica. And I was like, who, who are these, uh, these guys? There is an album of theirs on Spotify, but it's mixed in as Spotify often does. If two artists have the same name, it's mixed in with the singer from Cameroon, which yeah, they, they acknowledge. And I had to listen to write out the lyrics because I couldn't find the lyrics. Anyway, actually, you know, I did find a link that said that it had the lyrics and then it didn't open so I was like okay fine but yeah I it was it was so original the lyrics are incredible here the male and female harmonies really work I thought and um and yeah I I literally kind of s- sat down to write them out so wiping the sick from her lips she greens through the bile I get an unexpected close-up of her eyeball I should get my eyes off her tits mentally booking a blood test and genital check for next week she talks me through her piercings and tattoos. I catalog my mental scars. Um, yeah, just wow. Just every, each one of those lines on its own, like really, really makes you stand out. And again, like Eddie Argos, he really enunciates, like you can really hear what he's saying. So for the for the lyrics, I absolutely loved it. For the music, the more it progressed, the twee-er it got, I wrote. And I was like, ooh. I don't like this, but I think because I really wanted to write out my favorite lyrics, I then listened to it over and over again. And by the end, I was like, yeah, no, I think I do like this now because just from repeated listenings and and the lyrics. So yeah, what an intriguing band. To have a, a band locally who can produce 
a great single and know that like only 100 people will ever hear this was I thought brilliant and I found it frustrating because by the time they did this album they were in their 30s teachers like mm-hmm. they knew they were never going to tour for UK mm-hmm. and I, I, and I thought oh, how frustrating you can have this talent and no one's ever going to hear it so the fact that well, Spotify Fran they are yeah. on Bandcamp so oh, really? in 2013 there is a, a Betica EP and I was like is this the same Betica could it be the Cameroon singer but it definitely is number one because it sounds like them and number two because in the BBC article they describe themselves as death pop which is another one of the categories on Bandcamp that they put on, as well as Bossa Township Surf Skiffle. So <laughs> there we go. And, you know, very often on, on Bandcamp, you put regions. And I, I thought like, oh, have they put Bournemouth or, but no, they've put United Kingdom. They've kept that very general. But yeah, it, it sounds a little bit different to this. But yeah, if you want to go and listen to new Betica, it's, I think it's literally betica.bandcamp.com. They had a song about listening to the charlatans at the Indie Disco, which I remember being a banger. And I've not heard it for 15 years. And I'll say love to hear that version uh-huh. if, it if might, they ever recorded it. If it, it might be on there, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Ah, check it out. So there you go. That completes Dorset and Hampshire. Um, I hope you guys discover some fantastic local artists. Let us know. Excellent. Yeah, I'm just generally jealous of Fran that he lives by the sea at the moment. I, you know, Fran, he, Fran's on holiday at the moment and he put a picture of him reading by the beach and I almost exploded in jealousy, I have to say, Fran. Over underrated. Sous évalué. Urbachettes. Over underrated. And welcome back. And thank you so much for listening to my neighbourhood section. I'm getting hot, hot, hot. So I might have to have a Calippo. I believe that I didn't mention some of the song titles. So I will quickly give you my rundown of my playlist. So we had I Believe in Father Christmas by Greg Lake. This is Love by PJ Harvey. Panic Attacks by Delays. Number 8 Wire by Ed Dowry. Keeping Your Head Up by Birdie. Get Better by Frank Turner. Ram Bang Pow, Uproot. Fires, Band of Skulls, Echoes by the Claxons, and By Default by the exceptional Betica. Thank you for listening. We have social media. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't? We are OUPod on Twitter and Over Underrated Music Pod on Instagram. Give us a like, subscribe to this podcast, tell, you know, a friend, and uh, let us know your favourite neighbourhood songs. And enjoy next week's episode with Babs. Goodbye.